Howdy, hobos. You made it. You're here. I can't tell you enough how happy this makes me. The connections we make through positive vibrations is changing the world. You might not be able to feel it immediately, but good things are in motion. They really are, so let's keep it that way. Uh, my name is Mark, by the way. I'll be your camp host. Welcome to Hobo Safe Camp. So before we get started, you're going to want to get comfortable. Maybe get yourself a nice warm mug of hot cocoa or a big bowl of hobo stew. Find yourself a nice spot around the virtual campfire to settle in for the comforting voices of Donna Colbert. This is Donna's third visit to the virtual campfire. She also joined us on episodes 38 and 56, and I highly recommend going and checking those out to get the full effect of Donna's wisdom. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to go to SoundCloud, search for and follow Open Lines Radio. From there, you can click the virtual campfire playlist where you can listen to Donna and all the other amazing hobos who have joined us here at Hobo Safe Camp. Or even easier, go to Instagram, follow at Hobo Safe Camp, and just click the link in my bio. And while you're there on Instagram, be sure to follow Open Lines Radio at Open Lines Radio so that you are always in the know when new episodes of your favorite Open Lines Radio podcasts are posted. And also be sure to follow Donna too while you're there, craft underscore D underscore lady. That's craft D lady. It's the letter D. Uh, she posts all kinds of amazing content and does some fun participatory tarot readings as well. So be sure to check her out. But uh, make sure you do all of that after you listen to this episode. You're going to want to pay attention to this episode. There's a lot to unpack. This pun is definitely intended. As you're about to learn, Donna has just moved into a new house after about 15 years at her former residence. And uh, that's a big thing to go through for a person. But right now, let's gather around the virtual campfire and hear what's been going on with our fellow hobo. It's kind of a longer one, so let's dive right in. Friends, family, acquaintances, strangers who are friends in the making. Pick up that tin can telephone with the string that stretches from Southern California out into space to the far reaches of the universe. Maybe it weaves through a wormhole or two, touching other dimensions before returning back to Earth, where it delivers good vibes right into your ears, wherever you are, you beautiful, radiant being. Donna, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. So you got all moved in. Everything's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not unpacked, <laughs> but I, you know. <laughs> But yeah, that really, might take years. <laughs> yeah. My husband keeps saying, I'm like, no, I want it done sooner. But yeah, more realistically, but that's right. <laughs> well, that's good. It got done. Was it a a move you wanted to make? or You know, like I, I was thinking about like you and Holly the other day because it was a place. I remember you talk about living like in Fallbrook or something in those avocado grows and like, yeah. You know, when I moved in, I didn't have a lot. It was, you know, in the middle of my divorce and it was like an old house with so many problems, like roof leaking, just crazy. You know, I, my kids and I slept, I lived in the house on the reservation before. And so he, I couldn't take anything. It's really interesting with that dynamic. And um, we literally like camped on the floor for a long time. And I just... Um, you know, I have really fun memories. It's like the best land, like the sunset and stuff. But I think I'd been there for like 15 years. Um, you know, my kids were able to roam around the landlord. He's passed on. So it's his daughter now who manages it. But he'd come hang out with the kids, kind of like a grandpa. And um, there were just some really great memories. But also there was a lot of inconveniences, you know, and um mm-hmm. Like we couldn't control the mouse thing. It's like we would think we'd close up every hole, and it was it was starting to feel the energy was starting to feel a little overwhelming, and you know it was good to purge and stuff. So um, I was always had this fear that she was going to sell because she would you know anytime we'd say something was wrong, she'd kind of like oh I should probably sell it. So I always felt this like nagging thing in the back of my mind. Devin 
our rent was crazy cheap, but he would fix, um, you know, he'd fix a lot of things. So long story short, she said, oh, I'm considering selling. And in Julian, long-term rentals are hard to come by. And I reached out to a realtor friend and she said, good luck because they're all Airbnbs, but I'll keep you in the loop. It could be up six months. So I was, and then two days later, she's like, come check out this place. Everyone was, it was like going every single hour. Um, And I think like one thing led to another and uh, we got it. And the landlord, you know, she's a close family. Like our, I'm generational Julian. She's generational Julian. She's older than me. And I think she was kind of, you know, shocked and it, and a little sad because I don't think she imagined that it would go that fast, but we couldn't turn down the opportunity, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's bittersweet. Well, you got I, yeah. We, we um, have always, or not always, but the, the last 10 years or so we've, it's been like every three years we've moved to somewhere new and, uh, the, and, and one of them was the guy, our landlord sold the house. So I knew that. And I'm in the same situation now where every day I'm like, I'm on a month to month and I'm like, this guy can show up anytime and say, I'm done. I'm, I, I, I need to sell it. I can't yeah. do it anymore. And, and I'm the same way. Like I've never called him for anything. I always just fix everything myself. I don't want to bother him. I don't want to give him any idea. Like right now our air conditioner, you know, it's kind of getting into the weather to kick it on and the air conditioner is not working. I'm like, all right, I got to fix this thing on my own. <laughs> I don't. But then the other part of me is like, that could be the best. Like we've been here over three years now, you know, going on four almost. And it's like, okay, well, maybe him selling this house would actually be doing us a favor. And it's almost, it's time to purge again and, and maybe move on to somewhere new. The kids are all grown and gone. And like, there's, and it, it might just be time anyway. So, so you never know. So, sometimes those little things are actually, uh, you know, they seem like inconveniences at the time, but they're actually for the better. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, we have a year lease and then these folks, um, they seem to, um, be, you know, always trying something new. So I just feel like, okay, feel comfortable for maybe a year. And then after that, I'll probably be on the same, you know, it's a, a newer house, which is like, what, like, what I've been living without this, you know, it's that part. <laughs> yeah. but I do have neighbors that are very, very close, including the owners. They have a, a bed and breakfast next door. So that's interesting because before we were just on the whole bunch of land and yeah. like, I went from no neighbors. I'm like right in, in Julian, like in the middle of town. Um, yeah. so that's interesting. That's the thing. That's the hard part. Yeah. We've, we've always had at least an acre surrounding us, including now from our neighbors and well, except our out of the one side of the house and they're the loudest neighbors ever. <laughs> I can imagine it on all sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other night our windows were open and Devin's like, it's loud. Like my son, my 19 year old and I were like, you know, kind of going back and forth, like kidding around. And he was like, it's loud out there. And I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm not I need to be myself. (laughs) There are some advantages. For example, um, you know, my landlord was Catholic and she'd come up, she'd just stop in a lot. And I always felt a little bit like some of my like tarot life and that kind of thing. I always felt like I was like, had to hide, like it couldn't be in plain view. That's really crazy. I know, but I felt because she, it's more than just a landlord. It's like a family. It almost feels like family and like, yeah. I could see, you know, there's some of those things too that like, I don't have a landlord just stopping by out of nowhere. (laughs) We have a property manager, even though their landlords are next door, but, and I've had like not great moving experiences, like real, like from the time I was young, just coming home one day where our house was taken over and I was, you know, taken from my grandmother or by my grandmother and uncle from my mom, just because there was a lot of crazy stuff there and losing a lot of things and then you know I think some trauma experiences with moving haven't been great my divorce um you know so moving this time we're like okay I have control I'm not losing like it gets really you know interesting like I'm not I'm not losing anything (laughs) you know my stuff's not being seized by the cops or anything crazy right right you know (laughs) uh, it's different. I, you know, but I had to recognize like, Oh, I'm having these really interesting feelings and really dig deeper to like, what are you moving stressful, but to be really like, why are you having like this existential crisis about this? You know, there's like yeah, much, yeah. much deeper, um, you know, like lose over my years when I was a young, young person, like we've lost storages. So that's another thing 
Devin's like, let's just get a storage. And I was like, oh, like all of a sudden fear coming in. He's like, we're not going to not pay it. I, but, but my past is that, you know, my family hadn't paid st- storage and I lose all my, it's just materials, but I feel like my inner child a little bit like freaking out about stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's, you're, it's, this a big life changing moment where your whole, like where you live, your home, your sanctuary completely changes completely. And you have to move in the middle of, you got to pack up all your stuff and move it. And that it's exhausting. So you've got this exhausting task on top of like changing your entire surroundings. So it's, it's a, it's a big thing. I'm not as young and as fit as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> like my 24 year old and I were talking, like he was like in fourth grade and it was like him and I moving everything. And we're just like, wow, <laughs> you know, and I have these three strong boys, but two of them have like injuries where they can't help me move. So you know, it's just a, it's an interesting time. You know, then my, all my cousins came up from the city. I have all these boy cousins with trucks and then it snowed, you know? So they were like, um, <laughs> they wanted oh, to have like no. a, a beer and have some tears and beer at the house about their <laughs> last night there. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, F, fuck that it's snowing. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Let's get the shit in your car and go. <laughs> They're like being real sentimental. I'm like packing the stuff out of the refrigerator. Like, okay. So, um, <laughs> it's definitely been an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they kind of grew up there a little bit too. Like we would have, I'm the oldest of all my cousins and for various reasons, we've all lived together like siblings at some points in our lives with, while our parent, you know, our parents have gone through things. So, um, you know, they kind of spent some holidays at my old house as well. So yeah, they were feeling a little sentimental. <laughs> it's it <was> funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just like let's i'm done <laughs> yeah i'm like well let's have a shot when we get to my new house get the hell out of here <laughs> we'll go where my, my bed is <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like you know why you want to hold this fear and this box and take it out to your truck i don't know because <laughs> we knew we had a short period of time it starts snowing really hard right. oh gosh here we go but Okay. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's definitely like a price increase, you know, but um, there's been a lot of changes this last year between, you know, opening my website, but then also my, my day job increased and Devin and I both happened like the month before we both happened to get promotions that were just, it may like, I think I'd be having crazy meltdown if I had to move and pay these rent prices now, if, if we just didn't go through, you know, all of that, we, we were like, oh, we have raises, like, let's pay off debt, let's save maybe to buy, which is incredible to even, it's crazy, not incredible, it's crazy to think about the prices right now. Um, oh, yeah. But we were just kind of thinking maybe we should do that. And then, you know, that plan is blown out of the water, but at least we can afford, I mean, we went up by like 130% in rent. <laughs> okay yeah that's a lot yeah yeah so it's okay it's okay we're okay and you know i'm grateful so it's it's all right um but yeah different this has been a real crazy year and honestly i made a vision board and i look back at the vision board and it was like 90 percent of my vision board came true you know i'm working towards my goals but you know it was like all these doors opening like new doors and it was like a new house but i wasn't real specific about like, right yeah you're like be careful what you wish for <laughs> yeah it was definitely a new modern house but not exactly be careful what you manifest exactly <laughs> was not specific enough you know <laughs> that's funny yeah, well so. how how you were talking about your website how uh how's the business been going? You've been working a lot more and this moved. So it's probably been, been tough, but I see you go on Instagram now and then you go hard. Like you, you pump, I, I, I used to do that too. And I just don't, I don't know. I was like, how is she doing this? Where is she finding this energy to just go one after the other, after the other for people, these, these readings that you do. You know, like I think getting, doing some of those, like, you know, I do fuck it Fridays. It's fun. And I think that it kind of gets me back into like the excitement. And I actually get a ton of bookings from, from, from those. So interest, I was working with one of my mentors um, and we were kind of working on 
you know, like worthiness and things like that. And I've a little bit struggled because, you know, I launched my website. It's been busy. I mean, not, I couldn't like quit my day job, but it's definitely brought me more business. I, um, I definitely need to charge more. I haven't up my prices, but I need to do that. And then it was like my day job. Um, it's very, well, it was very flexible, but I, I think the, if I had to have a day job, it's my dream day job. I work for a charter school online, but I always want to like have resources. So I used to work in a brick and mortar school where I had resources for families and students. And in the online world, you know, we don't know what's happening in these students' home because it's all virtual. So um, I'm working more on that side of like, what resources can we offer families or, you know, there's students. I volunteer for San Diego Pride. Um, There's students who definitely are in that community and there's some great, they can virtual get togethers and things like that. So um, my bosses are really great. I would, you know, I just had a lot of really great business opportunities for work where they, you know, two other folks that I had worked with before offered me some executive director positions. And um, my bosses were just like, you tell us what you, how you want your job. We don't want to lose you your And I could create kind of what I wanted, which is I, I'm amazing. I definitely suffer like imposter syndrome. Like, am I, like, am I, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I qualified? All this crazy talk that I tell myself, but I think both of those things happening the same year, I'm struggling to find a balance because, you know, our enrollment with this COVID stuff has increased and I I don't have a lot of time for my tarot. So I put, there's been months where I'm like, I, I can't do any tarot or the move. I can't do any tarot. And then I've had someone say, Hey, I do tarot parties. Can you, do you want to partner with me? it's hard to have all these great opportunities and struggle. Normally I'm like, you know, tooth and nail to find just for an opportunity. And I have a lot of great opportunities and I'm struggling to find the balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. It's like, where are the opportunities? Oh wait, here they are. I don't have have time for them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I have people definitely asking me to, and it's hard for me to increase my prices. You know, I think about, you know, people I follow and, you know, our, our meeting up at Cafe Gratitude and conversations around charging like per card. And I'm like, that's amazing. And for so long, I did stuff for free or, you know, there was a lower limit just because I felt like I'm, I mean, I definitely am still learning. I think if you're or have anything to do with tarot it's like you're never you know you always think you're like in the kindergarten phase if you if you know anything um I'll worry if I think I know it all um so now it's time I think for me to to raise my prices but it's still here I am back again to like am I worth it you know the worthiness always comes back into play so that's something I'm constantly like working out you know within myself yeah yeah I always felt like I charged kind of low and was always amazed when someone would actually pay. So <laughs> I, I get what you're feeling. It's yeah. like, I can't believe that somebody's paying me to do this reading, but also I probably should have been charging more. <laughs> so I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It's definitely, you know, if it was a friend or someone else, I would say, Oh my gosh, you're totally worth it. Right. Like you would probably say that to others as well. You know, when you were charging, less or you know you think your prices are lower anyone else you would encourage <laughs> but I also right, to charge more yeah yeah when folks tip me I'm like wow you know and I've been in the tipping industry I've worked at a spa for years and I'm still amazed when someone tips me you know graciously but yeah so yeah. the journey for sure you know so in in this you know with the the podcast I sort of started with my son which was has also kind of been, we've done a little bit and been on pause and um, I'm excited for that story, you know, like a non-native mother and her native kids and like some different journeys that we go through together, you know, and sometimes I'm more offended about things than my kids are offended about, you know, and yeah, for them, you know, so I mean, yeah, I think that will be great. And my my youngest is going to college and business and his schedule's been real 
um, real crazy. And so we haven't, we've start and then, you know, one of us will have something. It's been a year of opportunity, but also things have been a, usually when I'm set out to do something like I'm really, I have, well, Virgo in me like has to do it and it has to be a certain way. And we haven't been able to do that. So. Well, it'll come. I mean, you gotta, you have to find a balance with, with, with life. I, I'm kind of the opposite where I kind of started the podcast and the tarot became a little bit too much for me to keep up with. Um, Got a little burnout, you know, and I I haven't read tarot for quite a while now um, just because like, I kind of put my energies into this. I, and I thought, and and I'm the same way. Someone will just out of nowhere, send me a donation for open lines radio. And I was like, Whoa, there's actually somebody listening. And to, to the point that they actually just sent me money out of nowhere and that's yeah. kind of cool, um, but it's it's but it's you, like you just can't do everything. Like as a human being, there's just not the energy to do the pod to, to like put all my energy into trying to put out the best podcasts that I can. I try to put out a couple episodes a week, and that's an hour of recording and two hours of editing, and <laughs> then also trying to get listeners to come listen to it. And it's a lot of energy that you know the tarot while it was very fulfilling to me, I almost feel like that was kind of my, um, my schoolwork or my, my, my lessons to, to get me, like, I learned a lot about empathy and connecting with people and, uh, uh, um, you know, exchanging energy. And so, yeah. but, but that, that takes a lot <laughs> to exchange energy with, with other people. And so it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to focus on this podcast for a while. And the tarot is going to kind of have to take the back seat, but mm-hmm. I still love like seeing it online and, and I love seeing what you're doing with it. And um, so like, don't, you can't beat yourself up because you can't put your energy into everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I think I want to make folks happy. Like I have longtime clients. There's like the ones in my DMs, like, are you back yet? You know, but I also want to say, speaking to your podcast, like sometimes um, your reach and your, you know, what happens through your podcast or just your presence is, I think, like underestimated for me personally. I've made some really amazing friends either through meeting in person at Cafe Gratitude or, um, you know, just podcast folks through Open, open Line Radio or I've listened to a variety of yours. So I, I certainly will be the one to just when I think about it, um, you know, try to do a little donation because I've made some amazing friends and, you know, like Angie in LA, I love her. And I have, um, Normandy and her daughter and I are pen pals. <laughs> and so, you know, this has all come through yeah, yeah. your platform. I mean, those are just a couple to name, name a few, but I feel like I've developed these great relationships with, um, these two and, you know, um, Normandy's daughter. And I just think, this like what you have going on is magic by bringing people together. So um, the podcasts are amazing and I've always loved your readings, but I think like you have a real knack for bringing folks together. And I'm always grateful when I think about that, you know, like Angie and I are planning to get together um, soon. And, you know, when I think back, it's all about, well, this has all come through, through your platform. So I think it's great. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm sure. So I made some stories. great friends too. Like, <laughs> Like uh, Angie sends us Christmas cards and Valentine's Day cards. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm looking at a card right now pinned up right in front of me on on our bulletin board, and 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 Normandy too. She, um, I would I I was she was getting into podcasting, and she's got life happening as well. But yeah, I, sure. I just I, I just um, I, I just I, I just love and I love seeing the people that have come together, whether through this or through just the Hobo Safe Camp Instagram comments of on readings has been been cool. I don't know how it happens, but I, I definitely, like I said, I, I kind of burned out on tarot and I just, but I wanted to find a way to keep bringing people together. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, you know, I think that's amazing. I hope to do that sometime in the future. Um, you know, we, I, I had a mentor who kind of walked me through equipment. So we bought all this equipment, but the how-to is like, sometimes because of work, I'm on the computer so much. The last thing I want to do is go find a YouTube video to figure out editing. You know, we have like different editing platforms. And I think that's, 
you know, you talked about an hour of recording and then two hours of editing. I think that's where it stops <laughs> in the past yeah. it stopped for us because, oh, my son has a paper or, you know, work's gotten busy and I have to put it on the shelf. So we started and then we've, we have a lot of great ideas and um, yeah. So I know how much work it takes. I haven't even begun to, you know, work on the tip of the iceberg for like editing and things like that. But I mean, I think yeah. it'll come. Yeah. Well, it's all on top of a day job too. So it's like, it's a lot. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll open the computer and Holly's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to edit this. I'm going to edit this podcast that I'm putting out tomorrow and I've got to edit it. And she's like, of course you do. Like, do you have this limited time with me and you're going to go edit? You know, <laughs> it's like, but I have to put this out tomorrow. And it's like, do you like, like I've set the schedule for myself and I, I, I really have a hard time living up to my own scheduling. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I'm a taskmaster. Uh, myself. I, I've read the book um, Big Magic by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote um, Eat, Eat, Pray, Love. And okay. so here's a little, so I, I think her book is amazing. And she talks about creative um, energies. When we have an idea, they just kind of float around. And if you're kind of, it's more in depth than this, but if you're kind of too busy or you put it on the shelf too long enough, that creative idea wants to be birthed. So it goes on to another person and she has, examples of these very unique stories where you know she starts writing a book she puts it in storage because of you know life divorce whatever and then somebody she meets somewhere down the road right writes the exact same story it's like very crazy <laughs> examples that she uses yeah. so I think that that book has inspired me but almost like freaks me out. Like I can't do it all. What if my creative idea flies onto somebody else and I don't get to birth it? You know, it's kind of this weird, like I need to grab it while, you know, I'm excited about it and passionate about it. So for me, that's what keeps me kind of going when I should kind of give myself a rest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And, and then you meet, you, you see it down the road uh, for, I'll give you a specific example. I had this idea probably 20 years ago to write a, a screenplay um, based on King Arthur, but instead of it being like, you know, the, the fantastic uh, knights and shining armor type of thing, I wanted it to be dirty and grungy and the way things really were at that time. And I never, and I was even, I was doing research, and, but I never actually wrote it. And then I think like five years after I had that idea, Arthur or whatever, I don't remember. I think it was just called King Arthur. It came out. It's like somebody put it out. And I was like, that was my idea. And I was so pissed off that they didn't wait for me to actually write it. <laughs> Somebody else took it. And so, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, that's, well, that's good. So sometimes when I tell people this, they're like, what are you talking about? But this is a great, that's a great example of exactly that, you know, like, um, you know, like my, my son and I want to call our podcast Hustle and Craft because he wants to have this, um, this biz clothing business for working out that has to do with hustling and um, our idea, you know, for crap, like crafty lady, it's a combination of the two where we wanted to speak on some like spiritual things and native American stuff and kind of have a, a safe place for people to ask questions if they're not sure. I think in San Diego, folks are a little more aware of like tribes, but in other parts of the country, we get really interesting conversation, you know, questions um, so we wanted to sort of talk, talk those things out, but ultimately we were hoping to interview folks that we really admire and, and the, the two halves would be, you know, how do you hustle? Because everyone's trying, you know, we still have to live, right? We still have to have that hustle of our, our daily life. And what's your craft? Like what makes you passionate? And he has his set of questions and I have my set and that's that sort of, um, you know, I, I still am excited about that, but it come also comes and goes. Like I, I recorded interviews with folks and I go back and read, listen to those and read some of the notes. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm excited again. And then sometimes I'm like the, the passion of that energy kind of goes down a little bit, you know? So. Well, I think you just got to go for it sometimes, you know, yeah. I, I, um, I'm, I'm talking to you here and I'm in, it's been two hours and 26 minutes since I started recording. I've did, I've recorded two episodes, two podcasts before, I, before this one. 
Oh, wow. uh, just because Holly had some work thing she had to go to. And I was like, all right, I'm going to cram as many, as many podcast episodes into this day <laughs> as I can. <laughs> and and uh, I was talking with my brother earlier. Uh, we do uh, a podcast I put out every week uh, called Nobody Asked. And we finished it. And I was like, I don't I and it's, there's been a couple of times this has happened. We're like, I nobody, like, I, this is stupid. This was such a dumb conversation. Like, this was just the two of us just talking. And after I go back and listen to it, I was like, no, that was actually pretty good. So I think sometimes there's that initial response where, especially after right after it happened, we're like, eh, I don't know. But I do think it's important because I, I think we're so inundated with text. Mm-hmm. these days where we've kind of lost the vibration of speaking to each other. And even if it's just the most mundane conversation, I think I like, I mean, I don't, and when I'm driving in my car, I don't listen to anything other than podcasts or audiobooks just because I just crave just hearing voices. I don't care what they're talking about. Just as long as there's some, some, some vibration in the background, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I, when I'm doing, like tasks at home. I, I like to listen. I can't say there's been a podcast. I mean, I, a lot of times I listen to your, you know, you have different series. Um, and then I have random ones that I listen to, but I, I can't say there's been one, one podcast, even, you know, there's one that this just kind of chatting back and forth chatting, you know, like, um, I can't think of her name, but she's under, uh, I think she also produces with you. So I can't, I can't think that there's one podcast that I don't get something thought provoking from it, no matter what, even the ones with you and your brother talking, you know, there's always something, I think we can gather something. And I agree that we have all this text and honestly, I get tired of texting where I start and people, I just start doing voice memos. (laughs) Like I do voice memos on Instagram and I do voice memos on my phone just because I'm like, okay, we don't have time for a phone call, but I also just being, being, I feel like, I just need to like also have my voice out and not be just texting all the time. I get exhausted by that as well. So um, I did think phone calls sometimes take a little bit longer, but I will certainly send voice memos to friends or, you know, folks I'm doing um, like some of my free ones on Instagram. I'd rather just go into their DMS and just tell them what the cards mean versus write it all out. Sometimes I just, that feels exhausting to me and not because it's more work, but I think that you're on to that as well. Like this conversation, even though usually they'll voice message back and it's nice um, because this like mundane, just like, I'm just texting out into the void. I guess I'm still talking to the void, but it feels different. It feels like a different vibration. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, on, on, uh, on my Instagram, on my Hobo Safe Camp Instagram page, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but it's really just what I've turned it into. I've, I've written so many, um, done so many tarot readings for people uh, through the years that I have like a thousand tarot re- readings on there on my Instagram page. And it's like some of them I go back and read them like some of these are pretty good, you know, so they're, they're just but they're just lost under years of posts. Yeah. And so kind of what I've turned that Instagram page into is um, it's just like a lighthouse just every day there's a new reading and I don't write those every day. Those are my old readings that are just getting repurposed nice. and con- continuing to, I just keep, I'm like, it's like a book. I thought, I think it's, it's, if you read a book, you would go back and read a book. So let's, I'm just, let's re- re- redo them or not redo. I mean, I'll go edit them a little bit and I'm like, Oh, I can't believe that's been sitting there for three years with that comma that shouldn't have been there, you know, and I'll, yeah. I'll fix it that way. But, but then I put them out and then I'll say, I'll ask Holly, Hey, do you see that post I did today? No, she's read them all through the, like she, she's over <laughs> my reading. She's like, she's the one who has to read them the most. And she's like, no, I didn't. There's too many words. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think we're coming to that point where it's like, it, it, it is. And, and I'll get a text with a lot of words and I can't read it. And it's like, just tell me what you want, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I, I that, that's what I love about this medium is it's just, I can give you, I can still be a windbag, but you don't have to read it. You know? Yeah. I started doing card of the week and I, I look at my story because I try to be succinct and I'm just rambling on for like ever. And I'm like, why do I do these? And then people are in my DMs like, oh my gosh, thank you for that. I'm like, all right. Okay. 
you know, like maybe I will keep doing this until I decide not to do it. But sometimes I think, is this like pointless? But I think other folks are tired of just all the words and reading and <laughs> I can be wordy as well when I'm typing out, yeah. which is probably why I get tired of myself. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is when I get a comment, it's like, thanks. I needed this today. It feels like you wrote this just for me. And it's like, I might've, it might've been exact. I might've written it for you five years ago. <laughs> you just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's funny. I think back to the days when um, I used to go to church, you know, and I feel like a sermon, same thing, you know, it's like we hear and pull out what we need to hear. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I think same for like your posts, like certainly I've gone through post of yours where I feel exactly that way as well. Like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's inspiring. I needed to hear this. Um, and I think that's everyone's, you know, their message comes to them. They get out of that, whatever. Sometimes I hear people repeat back to me what I've said or their interpretation. And I'm like, wow, I super didn't mean that, but I'm glad that you, I mean, that wasn't my angle, right? <laughs> but I'm glad that you got that angle. And, and I'm, I'm glad, glad that yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah. You were just the conduit to get them to that conclusion. So it makes sense. I don't know that I've ever asked you this before. Maybe I have, but it's been so long ago. Where does your, your Instagram handle crafty lady come from? What, what is, where, what's the, the origin story of that? Well, when I was a young mom, I did all sorts of crafts, you know, like I did the whole scrapbooking, all that mom during those times, the nine, late nineties, early two thousands, when it was like, you know, all these like baby books and like, I was crocheting you know, the shit out of everything and just very crafty, like always making something <laughs> like I'd never went to decoupage, but I wasn't like next on my list. <laughs> and um, so I initially it was that it was crafty lady, just like I was crafting. I mean, that was my old AOL, you know, <laughs> um, uh-huh. handle. And at the time when, when folks would say, is this like a witch thing? I would feel sort of offended, like, no. <laughs> and now I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it, exactly what it is. You know, like it is. And I just kept it because it was like my email that I had forever. And when I had my, you know, Instagram, pro, I think also like, um, I can't think of it now, you know, with the other social media before Facebook, it's the old, the first one was Tom, my space. Oh my gosh. That escaped me. I think my name was crafty lady on that as well. <laughs> and now it's evolved it way back. It does. And I think it's evolved with me and I, I thought about changing it, but I think it's so, it makes sense in a different way. Yeah. I, I don't do those kind of crafts, but I definitely do other kind of crafts. And I think, you know, it kind of works with the tarot as well. So yeah, no, it's totally expand the, 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 the decades or however long it's been, it's definitely spanned time and, and been able to whatever you're doing fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I think cool. I just, you know, when I created my website, I thought, well, I'll just do something different, but I, uh, I think it's like a part of me now. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever change it. So uh, I, it's confusing, you know, like my emails and things are crafty lady and it's like, Oh, it's a D not a Y. And then people will do D Y and, you know, out of convenience would be easy for me to change it or not have it. But I mean, oh, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, but like, so anybody can say that about their names. <laughs> yeah, They're, true. So, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. We, it's funny you mentioned MySpace. Um, Holly and I had gone to see a, uh, we gone to a comedy show last night in Escondido. And if you're ever in that area it's on, on the weekends at the Grand Comedy Club, it's so great and it's cheap. And we've gone a couple of times and we're right in the front last night. And the, the guy asked us how we met. And I told him MySpace because that's how we met. Really? <laughs> and, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so he this it, it, it was the opening comic. So, he, you know, he was still he wasn't that great. But, but I mean, to, to just to get up there is, takes a lot. But he was trying he was trying to, to work it. And after we left, we were driving home I'm like, man, that's, I just felt like that was our one time to like get crowd worked and talk about our story to a comedian and have him do it. And, <laughs> and it was this guy that couldn't even keep it going. But, but I, then again, I've got, I was telling, I got three hours of improv basically scheduled for tomorrow. So I, I, I could keep this guy going all day. <laughs> I guess he had to bounce off eventually. <laughs> 
That's so funny. I have definitely, I've never went to that comedy show, but I mean, yeah, MySpace, that would be great, but he just couldn't really do do much with them. He just, he just didn't have, he just couldn't, he just didn't have the, the quickness to, mm. he was asking questions and I was trying to lead him on, but <laughs> it was. <laughs> Did you both? Well, now I'm interested in the story. Did you and Holly both? Were you both in San Diego at the time? No, we were in Salt Lake City at the uh-huh. time. Yeah. And uh, we've been out here in San Diego for like 12 years, maybe. Oh wow. But we we were we were both in Utah at the time. Oh wow. So. What yeah. brought you to San Diego? I'm just curious. Now I'm I'm curious. <laughs> well. Uh, I was working at a, an engineering company um, doing uh, technical editing and I was sitting at my desk and it was May, the middle of May. And I was looking out my window and it was snowing and an email came through that said with, with a guy, a picture of a guy on a surfboard <laughs> said an opening in the Southern California office in uh, San, which was in Santa Ana. If anyone knows anyone available, please send them my way. And I forwarded it to Holly and, and she replied back make this happen and so that was may and by september we were in california wow in santa Ana. at first we were in we were in mission viejo in orange county and then um after a about after being there a year uh they were you know changing everything where it was going uh remote you know they were oh yeah reducing uh, real estate and for what i did i didn't need to be in the office it was all just editing and so once I was able to go remote and didn't need to be close to the office, uh, that's when we went to Fallbrook because it was so much cheaper than Orange County. And there was a lot of land. You can have this. We had a, you know, we went from this three bedroom townhome in in uh, Orange County to a five bedroom house on an acre with a pool for like $50 less a month, you know? So it just made sense to us to, we just, I don't know. We just really liked the area. Yeah. Um, I Fallbrook is an interesting place to move to, you know, if you, I think most people are like, where is Fallbrook? <laughs> if they're yeah. in San Diego, you know, it's yeah. so an interesting place that you found. We had kind of just, it was kind of an accident. I, Holly found it. She was um, looking for the casino. <laughs> she was looking for uh, the Pachanga, Pachanga casino in Temecula oh. and drove through it. And she was like, you got to check out this little town. And so we've been here ever since. Yeah. I don't know how long we'll be here, but we've been here I for like about 12 years. There. It's really pretty. I mean, it's a really, it's unique- really expensive now. It's yeah. like, we couldn't, we, it's like, we're like, we're, we got lucky because we're like, we could, we should downsize a little bit now that all our kids have kind of moved on mm-hmm. and we can't find somewhere cheaper. We can't find a smaller place that's cheaper than we pay now. So we're kind of here until this guy decides to sell. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, even a little town, the outskirts, are, it's like country, but you're still close to the ocean, which I like. And Devin surfs. So we, you know, if we always try to be, he told me, um, you know, he wants to be an hour and a half. We're like at that limit now that we're right in Julian because we were, you know, like 15 minutes closer to the ocean. But um, I look at uh, Fallbrook a lot and it's so beautiful. It feels like country. It's close to the ocean. Uh, there's still a lot of remote areas. I, there was a spiritual journey, um, journey group that I went to in Fallbrook and it just, it has a great vibe, you know, and the, there's a tent, the town is super cute as well. So we've looked, but it is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's changing. It's not, we, we, we've seen that. Kind of, I think we, we feel like we were here kind of in, in its last few stages before it changes to whatever its next thing is going to be. Mm, that's interesting you think it was the, a good- the, the climate's changed the climate's changed and the the avocados just don't grow the way they used to <laughs> water is expensive yeah and avocados take a lot, lot of water so and what about the kit was it a great place for the kids to grow up it, it was the kids did great um the, the only problem is that like there's no sidewalks or anything so it's mm-hmm. like you have to take them places <laughs> if you want them to get there safely but yeah. speaking of that like my kids growing up here on the reservation when no, speaking of no sidewalks, you know, like going to town, it was like heads up, you know, like yeah. for the longest time, they didn't know how to cross the street, <laughs> you know, they're like <laughs> yeah. young adults. And it's like, what in the world? Like you don't even look both ways. You're like 18, you know, <laughs> or we're, we're walking through a parking lot, you know, heads up, look around cars are backing up and 
I think, you know, they learn a lot of different skills being rural, but like city life was just not like, was not their strength as they became young adults. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's, we don't think about stuff like that when there's not, because cause there weren't roads to have to cross. Is that, yeah, like, you would hear a car coming for, <laughs> That's cool. for long, yeah. it's the same as funny where um, when we had their, their, their student drivers before they got their license or their, you know, instructor who does the student driving. And he, the first time I met him, he came to our house and he saw how rural we are. And he's like, do your kids drive out here on these roads? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, not sure what I should say. He's like, do they drive on the reservation? Oh, yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, we're, we're going to be fine. I'm going to take them to a few so, I mean, I probably shouldn't say, it. I'm not going to announce who it is, but he would take them, you know, they didn't need as much time. He's like, the, the kids who've been driving on these back roads, he's like, they're pretty experienced. Like they've driven, you know, their dad's truck out into the farm or something like that. They know the basics. And he says some other kids, it's like, he takes them to the library parking lot and it's like, they hit the gas and it's like almost instant donut, you know, and they slam off. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's so much easier. So you know, he might shave off a little bit of time here or there. And um, I mean, he was still a great instructor, but it's funny. He's like, I love, I love the country kids. They have, they've already been driving on these back roads, right. Right. you know, like the <laughs> roads and whatnot. Yeah. Little yeah. neighborhoods where no one's really driving through their like vacation homes. And, you know, is that happening a lot in Fallbrook vacation homes? I, I mean, San Diego is such a hot spot. I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a lot of like Airbnb type mm -hmm. of places. I don't know that it's the destination that it used to be, especially yeah. with COVID and the, the avocado festival that used to be kind of the big draw to here. It'll probably be back this year, I would assume. Uh -huh. um, but like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it doesn't have the same magic that it, I felt like it had when we first got here. So like we're, that's why I say if this guy sold this house, it would probably be doing us a favor. I think it's time to, I think it's time to move a little closer to the ocean, to be honest. <laughs> I look at things near the ocean and I'm just like, wow, that's like, it's crazy how expensive it is. We only have one kid home now and he's only home a couple of days a week. <laughs> yeah. I have one kid home and he never leaves. <laughs> His school is online. I mean, he goes to work and he, he does leave a little bit, but it's like, man, when I was your age, but yeah, we're, he's, we're, we gave him a year after college and it's coming up here. So it'd be time to go on his own. <laughs> Yeah, my 19-year-old 19, 19 is like a little bit like that. He doesn't really go a lot of places either. He's just home. He's either here or his dad's. But um, he doesn't really go out, you know, like I was out with friends or whatever. I was doing whatever, but he's home a lot. He just wants to be home with, with family. And I mean, he's going to school. It was virtual, but now they're back in person, which I think is great for him to have a little more social life because he's pretty social. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't really gone, you know, he's Yeah, my my son's the same age. He's about to turn uh, 19 next month and he uh and 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 they ha he has one class on campus, so two days a week he goes and then he works a couple of days a week, but if he's not at work or at school, yeah. he's here. <laughs> it's like I'm pulled in like he's here again like why do you want to be here? Like but <laughs> I guess they just grew up in a different time. I mean, the last couple of years, the last couple of years of high school were all online and stuck at home and doesn't really know anything else, I guess, at, the, at, at this age. Yeah, I think, too, there's like a, for my boys, it's like a, a connection to family. You know, they spend a lot of time. Well, you know, something that we're probably going to discuss on the podcast that I do with my son is that almost every Saturday my kids go and dig grave for different reservations. And that's something really unique, you know, like traditional, like most folks, they have, there's a caretaker um, and at reservations, it's the people who dig and you can't, there's still a lot of different things. Like you can't dig for your own family, but um, my boys have been going, you know, since like their junior high years, almost every Saturday to some reservation in San Diego could be a little farther. could be some Riverside reservations and they're up at like three or four in the morning. You know, they still do a lot of traditional, the women cook for the cook for the diggers. And, um, you know, one son comes up, they're digging and they wait and they bury again. And, you know, the kids have, they always show up. So now 
families will ask for them. And that's an extra layer. Once you're, someone's asking you, you can't say no. (laughs) So (laughs) they're definitely not doing any kind of teenager, young adult stuff on a Friday night because they have an early morning and it's, you know, culturally not, you know, you don't do any kind of, you know, partying or anything like that or hanging out um, the night before you dig. And then they're kind of tired Saturday night. So <laughs> they don't have a lot of time to get in trouble, which I like. I wouldn't yeah, say that's like good experience. You know, they don't do a lot of experiencing. I guess it could go either way, but they're just, they're pretty um, tied down on the weekends even. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Cause they're, yeah. Just, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that idea of digging graves for mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a, when you're young, like to, that's a ground, what a grounding experience. And I want to, I don't want to get too much into it. I want to save it for your podcast and have it be fresh for you, but that's really interesting. Yeah. And I, I love to talk about it in my perspective. You know, there's some stories that are um, really interesting when people don't understand that, you know, and then, there's, you know, lots to unpack there, but I, I am really proud of them. And I know that, um, you know, especially makes me feel good when they ask for them and, you know, they could, oh, well, I don't know if their dad will let them say no, but they don't really want to say no. I think it's an honor to them now. Maybe we're when they were like young and first starting out that were like, oh gosh, I don't want to do this, you know? Um, yeah. But they, they really, there's a lot of different, um, customs and traditions that they you know I guess you could say superstitions that they have to be mindful when they're doing those those things as well so um I'm really proud of them and I think it's great but yeah I'm sure there was a point where they were like I don't want to do this (laughs) anymore yeah well we all have that with everything (laughs) Yeah, yeah you're right you know I'm sure football Fridays and they're all beat up and hurt. I'm sure the last thing they want to do is wake up early, but they have all done it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's fascinating. And when they go to a tr- like a non-native funeral, they're like, what? You know, it's really different because they've been so exposed and so frequently to the native um, so like funerals and how they do their things that like, for example, my grandmother, she passed away um, within the last couple of years, and they were very close to her. And when they went to the cemetery in Julian, you know, it's it's strange because um, there's a caretaker there who knows our family. And the boys were like, including my ex-husband and my ex-father-in-law were all very close. And they were, they don't, you don't leave the, you know, you don't leave the body or the cremation. You stay until it's buried. And in Julian, you know, the, the family leaves and the caretaker takes care of it. And um, he's an old, speaking of an, another Julianite for generations. And I asked him, and at first he said, no, he said, no, I don't let anyone stay back. It's kind of, I don't do that. And then he called me back and he's like, I, you know what? And, and he knows their family. There's my ex-husband's family is like a you know, tradition, like a generational family as well. And he said, okay, I'll make an exception. And he let them stay. And then um, traditionally the family, they would go do the, the cement and the headstones and the same thing. I emailed him and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you already told me no, but I'm just throwing this out there. Is there any way they can do the headstone? They can cement it and everything. And it took him a couple of days and he's an older guy and he got back to me and he's like, you know what, Donna, that's fine. Like I'll, I'll meet, I have to be there because of the rules or whatever, you know, these different rules. He said, but that's fine. They can do it. And, you know, it made like, it made my family, you know, it made my boys who were very close to her really happy. And my ex-in-laws were, she lived with us on the reservation while I was raising my kids. So the kids get to see how things are different. And it also, I'd like to say was nice to have, um, you know, a non-native person kind of work a little bit with some of the tradition, you know, they weren't able to dig, yeah. dig the hole for her, but they were, and they wouldn't have been able to anyways, because it's family, but they were able to stay while she was buried. And, um, you know, like my mother, ex-mother-in-law, she made a, a gourd for her ashes, for my grandmother's ashes, which she would have loved. And, you know, it didn't fit in the casings that, you know, certain, you know, uh, 
they have to fit in certain types of things, but he worked with us and I'm really grateful. I know like my family, my extended family and my ex-in-laws were really happy to have that happen too. But for the kids, it's like two different worlds. (laughs) You know, they're like, what? (laughs) They do what? People say, people (laughs) talk, people say things. This is interesting, you know? Yeah. 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 That is way interesting. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the, the, the different kinds of uh, ceremony that just different groups of people have is really interesting to me. Just the way, the the way that different groups do, do things. I was talking to my brother earlier today about uh, uh, in Utah, where it's primarily, and I don't, we, I don't, we, and I don't know if it's a, if other people know this, I'm trying to figure out if this is something just that that's a Mormon thing or a Utah thing, but after, after the funeral, everyone gets together for dinner and the traditional meal is like ham and these they called funeral potatoes, which is like oh gratin potatoes with like a creamy cheese sauce on the top and smashed up uh, cornflakes. <laughs> and, and, and you almost look forward to it's like when somebody dies, you know, you're going to get funeral potatoes. Like that's yeah. the only time you get these potatoes. And it's like, I, I don't know. And we're like, we were just talking to you. It's like, is that, does it ever, are, is that just a thing that is a Utah based thing or is that a Mormon based thing or do other people have funeral potatoes after funerals? Um, it's just, it's just interesting that the way that different groups of people do things. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, I think about, you know, my sons and I have really like deep conversations about like gender roles and things. I'm sorry. My dog is staring really loud in the back. <laughs> oh, that's all good. <laughs> um, and so we talk about, you know, how the women traditionally wake up really early and they do like tortilla rolls, which is like a burrito, you know, they do like breakfast uh-huh. burritos. So they do full on like breakfast and eggs and potatoes and stuff like that. And I mean, those are really very traditional. These are real traditional stereotypical roles. Um, and there's no one in that community who wants, who thinks it's not right or wants to change anything, you know, and their younger generations are coming in and like, they're part of it too. The younger women are like, wanting to get in there early and you know there's traditional dancing they do at wakes and none of uh none of that um none of there's no pushback on that and i i think we don't ever come to any conclusions we just have these late night conversations about you know oh you know we're always talking about gender roles and what would look different in society but you know where we can think out of the box and it's almost like, Oh no, but we wouldn't, you know, my kids like, Oh no, we wouldn't do that in these parts, <laughs> you know? Right. So it, it's just like a, there's no answer. It's just some, it, it's a great conversation that we have. We can kind of go deep and everyone just is like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, the boys aren't saying, Oh, you know, gen, you know, times are changing. Gender roles look, look different. Maybe I want to go cook. No one's that's not happening. It's not even like a little maybe in the part of their brain. It's just, I don't know. I think for kids who are real, you know, they have a big perspective on things. It's interesting to hear culturally. They, I think they like the gender roles of their culture and I'm not saying they would fight to keep it, but no one's trying to, no one wants to change that. Or we don't know anyone who would want to change that, I guess I should say. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic for probably another day, (laughs) but (laughs) But just not, not all gender roles are bad, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, not everything, we don't have to revamp everything, Yes. you know, like there are, there are just traditional things that ne- aren't necessarily like a, a negative thing that um, we need to change just to, right. I mean, I, I consider myself, I could consider myself probably more woke than the, ne- than the next guy, <laughs> yet I don't think just because I, there are certain things that I think as far as gender roles are concerned need to change that it all does. It doesn't all have to change. It's not everything's bad. Yeah. Agreed. I think specifically with the cooking is interesting, you know, because I mean, even what they're, when I was married to their dad, he really, he wanted to be a chef. He enjoyed cooking and, you know, some, my family is Mexican and his family is native and they were like, what? Like he does a lot of the cooking. Like, so even being aware of that. Okay. So that's, that is like, yeah, men can cook, you know, we might have these conversations. And then, but when we're talking about a funeral, like, no, the women do that. So I think it is like, I mean, that would be, 
maybe, yeah, you're right. It's a good conversation for another podcast another day. <laughs> it's similar, but different, you know? Yeah. 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 And I and sure. agreed that there are some gender roles that are really, are really, we, you know, I think are great too, obviously, but just, um, it's kind of nice as my kids get older and I'm sure you find this way. I think about some of the things that I know that your daughters are involved in, you know, they're really they're. I've seen some advocacy in, in some of those, yes. those areas with them and, or have heard about things. And so, you know, it's interesting as our kids grow when they become their own beings, like you, know, the conversations that we have and how different they are you know, like what conversations they have and their ideas and if they're different um, or similar and that we can push each other to, I think part of them growing is to be able to push each other to be, have a different perspective without getting offended. You know, the real argumentation, like having a conversation for the point of seeing another perspective or seeing versus like an argument, you know, um, right. participating in like growing and not and not feeling uncomfortable, I think has been really, I feel really proud of my kids to do that. We don't all have the same views and I love having these deep conversations, you know, there are other adults. I can't even have these kind of conversations because they're, they put their emotion behind it versus just having like a big, bigger picture conversation. And I love it. Right. right. I love it. <laughs> I'm sure there's some challenges, you know, there, you might challenge you with your daughters, they might have some challenging views or I don't know. I, I think with everyone um, having their own perspective, you might have some differences. I can't imagine that everyone's all on the same page about every single thing in society. <laughs> right. 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 But you know what, for the most part, um, my daughters and I mm-hmm. see eye to eye on everything. Like we kind of have the same uh, opinions on, on things, on what needs to change and what's acceptable mm-hmm. um, and what, uh, I mean, she goes, my, my oldest is like hardcore uh, advocate for um, just minority uh, social justice and environmental justice. And mm-hmm. she's about to get, get her master's in sustainability. And it's wow. all about um, her, her whole, her whole, uh, all of her studies have been kind of focused toward uh, minority populations and how, you know, environmental injustice that occurs just you know based on on uh how much money people have and their 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 gender and race and i mean she also comes from uh she's also been working a lot with she's my my ex-wife is korean and she was adopted uh into a, a white family when she was six months old and was raised with a white family as an adopted korean and so she doesn't really have a connection to her um, Korean heritage. Oh, wow. And so my, my daughter's working a lot with children of adopted Asians who, because there was a time in the seventies where people where it was kind of a fad to adopt a Korean kid, a Korean baby. And so there's, there's all these people who are children of adopted kids who don't have a connection to their Asian heritage. And so she's trying to, to to realize her identity. She looks Asian, yet she has no cultural identity to it, you know. So like yeah. she's 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 participating in panels with with those groups and stuff. So they're like, I'm so proud of the kid. Like that whole generation of That's not just my kids and your kids, but yeah. all of them are just amazing. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was when I was going to college, I just you know I just graduated, seeing these youngsters and like their drive for you know, shaking things up and yes, getting into these like um, social justice areas. It's like, it's really inspiring. You know, sometimes I'm worried about, I can get worried about the state of the world. And then I see this younger generation coming and I'm like, it's, it is exciting. You right. know, well, they don't have much of a choice. There's not much of a planet left for them. <laughs> so they've got to get creative, to turn some things around. So they have a future. And I think they're recognizing it. And that's a good thing. That's true. Because we're not doing it for them. Yeah. <laughs> and their ideas are different. I have a spectrum of, of kids. And like, for the most part, we're on the same page. But there's some different ideas, you know. And I'm like, it's always, I like actually talking to the, this area. Especially, I mean, I have young young boys who do a lot of hunting. And 
some of the gun control, there's a spectrum of ideas on that. And that's, you know, that's a huge conversation that I don't even want to, you know, touch right now, but, um, you know, the spectrum of ideas and feedback is really interesting, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And, and they're not so dead set on, uh, black and white and left and right and right and wrong. They're, they're like, they're able to work through that spectrum without, yeah. um, Oh, you believe in this? Fuck you. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and so it, that, that's where the change is really going to come is where there's actually people listening to each other, some empathy going yeah. on. I hope that, I think that's, that gives me hope, you know, I, I because not everyone is like that. <laughs> there is still a lot of fuck yous for like <laughs> agreements, you know, or some of the extreme. Yeah. 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 But what I'm hoping is the younger people <laughs> will, will not do be that to each other as much. I'm sure they are people learn from their parents, but yeah, I, I have, I have hope for the future. Maybe not the future that I'll ever see with my eyes, but uh, hope for a future for my children and grandchildren. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I hope the same, you know, it's been an interesting few years. That's for sure. With, you know, I spent, you yes. know, during the pandemic, my 19 year old, he was the one home. Um, and we just, I mean, I really, we were home together. <laughs> I mean, he went to his dad's a few times a week, but, you know, we were both doing working from, I was working from home. He was doing for school from home. And I mean, time was an illusion. We were just up like all kinds of hours, like our hours for waking up was, you know, we were all off, but the, we had some really amazing, this is the one that I want to do the podcast with. Um, I think that some of the ideas were born from there. We just, the conversations we had as we were, you know, there was technology, but we were also just stuck with each other and had just amazing. I feel like I got to know him so well on so many different levels. And I think he also got to know me more than just like a mom, you know, and it was, it was unfortunate that so many people were going through hard times and, you know, the pandemic was terrible, of course, but I, I think I had some real gift um, in the time that I got to spend with my son, you know, one-on-one, my yeah, husband yeah. working out, gone a lot which was also a bummer. He was, you know, doing construction out of town, like up North, but um, you know, that there was like a year where it's just my son and I, and I had some really beautiful times and got to know him so deeply. And I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. At least some good came out of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this has been great. So I'm glad to catch up with you. It's been a yeah. while. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I, I still, I, I see you every day on online, but it's not the same. Yeah. You're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. It's nice to catch up and see where we're at. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. I was like, I needed this too. It's been a long time. <laughs> when the rambling days are over and the gambling days are through. When my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through, if you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you. To you. All right, right on.